on TV, online and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. Hey there, it's been a roller coaster year for investors. While the Fed may have paused interest rate rises to combat inflation for a little bit, well, they could still increase those rates later on this year. Then there's the upcoming company reporting season with expectations of a lot more pain. I'm Aaron Young, let's get started. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Great to be with you. Okay, so investors are on the receiving end of more signalling from Fed officials. They have one question, though. Will rate rise, rates rise again? And if so, when will it happen? Fresh off the Fed's June policy meeting that signalled the central bank may deliver two more rate hikes this year. That pause, though, has led to some good times for investors, particularly when it comes to tech stocks. We'll talk about that a little later. Right now, US rates are sitting at 5% or just over that after more than a year of consecutive rate rises to tackle that growing inflation. But even with the pause, Fed officials suggest further increases may come depending on how close the economy gets to their target of 2% inflation. But is all of the pain working? Here's the Fed chair speaking about this last week. Really significantly. And again, we're talking about a couple years out. I think as anyone can see, not a single person on the committee wrote down a rate cut this year nor do I think it is uh, at all likely to be appropriate, if you think about it. Uh, inflation has not really moved down. It has is, it is not uh, so far reacted much to our, to our existing rate hikes, and so we're going to have to keep at it. So have to keep adding. So it's the uncertainty that's keeping investors up at night right now. They're diving into the comments from companies over the coming weeks as they report their June quarter as well. Right now, everyone wants some sort of guidance to bring in some for us. Let's talk to Chris Versace, who's the chief investment officer at Tomatica. Chris, great to have you here on Ticker. Uh, what are you expecting the Fed to do over the coming months? Oh, well, I think they're going to be very data dependent. You know, we've started to see some progress on the core CPI, on the core PCE or uh, personal consumption expenditure index. These are some of the key barometers that the Fed likes to measure to gauge inflation. And after the first four months of the year, uh, seeing very little progress, they were really caught in a tight band. Uh, with the May data, we're starting to see some additional improvement. But Aaron, I have to tell you that, you know, the distance between where these figures are and the Fed's 2% target is remains quite a ways away from each other. And I, I think that kind of leads to the conclusion that despite everything the Fed has thrown at inflation in order to break it and tame it, it really hasn't had a lot of progress. And, and there are some factors for that. Um, you know, we started off early on coming out of the pandemic with supply chains and then, of course, uh, you know, the very tight labor market, which persists. And we're also seeing continued inflation on the services front, despite, you know, the drop in gas prices, despite the gas, uh, sorry, despite the drop we're starting to see in, in other areas, including food. So, you know, the Fed has to sit back and go, you know, this is a structural issue due to this very tight labor market and the wages that uh, are resulting. Uh, we need to do more. And, and you have to remember that the Fed really only has demand-based tools, right? It, it can continue to raise rates and have one or two other uh, tools in its arsenal. But at the end of the day, 
they're designed to cool the economy, drive demand lower, not necessarily address supply side issues. And, and if you think about the uh, tight labor market, that's really a, a, a supply issue. Uh, and it comes in you know, a couple folds. One is the number of people that are actively looking for work. Uh, but the second is the number of people that actually have the skills that people are looking for. And that it's that second part that is extremely, extremely tight. So they are seeing very, uh, you know, nice wage gains. Uh, you know, the latest data from ADP shows that folks who are changing jobs are able to boost their annual pay, not by low single digits, mind you, by low double digits. So that, that's a huge pressure on, on the wage inflation. So I, I think the Fed's going to have to be at it for a little while longer. But we also have to remember that the uh, work that they've done is cumulative. And typically speaking, there's a six to nine month lag. So there's going to be a lot of uh, headwinds coming on the global economy, especially the U.S. economy, as these the real power of these interest rates are felt. Yeah. And it just clearly isn't working. Let's be honest. I mean, it's such a blunt tool to raise interest rates and the problems that can occur by doing so, right? You can raise rates, but the damage inflicted on business, on the economy and the long-term damage, you're right. They have to wait. There's a bit of a nine-month lead time, raise raise rates, then wait to see what happens. Have we gone too far? The biggest risk is that it's an uncontrollable economy. There's just way too many factors happening post-pandemic, post those lockdowns as well. Is that the only option that we have here is to raise rates? I mean, you know, there have been some other things that have kind of hit the economy, the recent bank failures in the U.S. that have led to some additional credit tightening. But by and large, you know, the, the Fed is, you know, really leaning into this one particular tool. They, they can also address their balance sheet. But again, the, the primary focus with that people tend to think about as rippling through the economy is going to be what it does with the Fed funds rate. And, and you are correct. It, it, it has a lag effect. And it can be, you know, painful. There is the definite risk that the Fed overshoots. And that's what yeah, the market that's, really that's has the issue, been right? most like concerned about. Long list of maybes that maybe it will work. Maybe it will bring inflation down. This is a conservative group, the Fed Reserve, like reserve banks around the world. They're meant to be conservative. They're meant to move slowly. But inflation, when it's running, and as you mentioned, people are scrambling for wage rises to try and combat inflation. Waiting nine months, it feels like it's the horse that's waiting for the cart. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And, and you have to remember, too, that, you know, the Fed doesn't exactly have the best track record uh, either when it comes to inflation. Remember for how long they were saying, oh, it's transient. It's transient. Don't worry about it. It's transient. On the other side of the coin, has the Fed ever correctly predicted a recession? And the answer to that is no. Yeah, well, that I guess shows that point as well. Talk to us about um, Jerome Powell, you know, kind of walking that tightrope of sorts. He's signaling the Fed may need to do more to tame inflation that could trigger, um, you know, a highly anticipated recession. What is the likelihood the United States heads into recession and what will the impact be on the markets? So far, you know, the U.S. economy has held up better than expected. Now, you know, I, I just poked fun at the Fed, but they did boost their uh, economic GDP forecast for 2023 to around 1%. It had been around 0.4%. And if we look at the Atlanta Fed, G, it came in around 1.3% for the March quarter. The consensus now, uh, given the data so far in the second quarter, that GDP print, again, for the June quarter is looking around 1.8%, 1.9%. So if you just think mathematically, to hit the Fed's target, we have to have a 
you know, pretty severe downturn in the second half of the year. But so far, you know, we're not really seeing those signs. And the consumer continues to be, you know, rather vibrant, continuing to spend, granted, more on services than physical goods. But again, we look at that labor market where wages are going higher and the jobs numbers each month continue to be strong, the consumer likely has a little more firepower so that could help keep the economy afloat in the second half of the year. Just as a number of programs out of Washington, particularly on the infrastructure side, really start to kick in. And just quickly, I'm interested in you talking about the supply side of things, because as we know, for decades, it's all been about the demand side. That's what inflation has been speaking about. It's come from demand. But now these supply issues of oldies retiring younger because they can't see any point carrying on working. Then you've got some people upping and leaving and heading to Europe. Um, and then and that seems to be happening right around the world, I might add, um, traveling and getting out and things that used to be seen as discretionary now feeling like it's a an entire it has to be has to be done. How do these men and women sitting in Wall Street deal with this? That's an interesting question. You know, I, I, it's, I think the, the big answer here is that coming out of the pandemic, excuse me, the pandemic, the way we work is extremely different. You know, there are a lot of firms that have people, you know, uh, still on, uh, you know, remote work or telework, as you may call it. Um, you know, some are still trying to get workers back into the office, settling for one two days a week. And I, I think that has really upended how people think about it. You know, when you hear the CEO of Airbnb talk, he continues to talk about strong demand for extended stays. It's telling you that people are effectively working from these locations. Um, and I, I think until we see a time where wow. people are, you know, you know, really- to be. I actually don't mind the idea of that myself, uh, Chris, uh, heading there and, and, and listening to that. We're going to take a quick break if we can. When we come back, we're going to talk about AI and how it's impacting the markets. Is it a bubble? I'm Aaron Young. Just stay with us. 